This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey up, it's the No Near Never podcast. With your host, Jamie Smith. Hey up. Good evening and welcome to tonight's No Name Ever podcast. I'm Jamie Smith. My guests this evening are Kevin Robinson, James Bird, and a little bit later, Ian Creamer will be joining us as well. Lots and lots to get through today. Um, a win and a defeat to go through. Tuesday night, of course, Burnley travelled all the way to Barnsley. Uh, like 4,000 Burnley fans actually travelled to, to Walkwell, one of our real bogey grounds, for a 1 0 win thanks to Ashley Barnes early header um, but after that Middlesbrough beat us 1-0 at the turf and I think we're all still wondering how exactly that happened um, Kevin we'll start with you just going back to Barnsley first um, with so many players being out a couple came back on Tuesday night it was absolutely massive to get those three points wasn't it uh, I think it really was yeah um, especially um, in hindsight knowing that we wouldn't beat Middlesbrough obviously all points of the board um, I think like you were saying about players coming back I think um, Trippi only made the bench on that game as well which kind of highlights weirdly some strength we've got in the <laughs> some strength and depth in, in the squad at some point now with, with, with Chris Baird coming back I think it's testament to how well he's been in the side that Trippi was allowed to have a, a game on the bench even though I believe he was pretty much fit to play but he was allowed to be rested for that game which kind of shows Weirdly, we've got some strength and depth on the side. Uh, Baird's been absolutely outstanding, I think. I mean, obviously, you bring Trippier back when he's when he's fit, but although it was a little bit harsh on Baird to lose his place at the weekend. Fantastic support as well from the Burnley fans at Orquell. Uh, I think Bosley said there were 3,500 Burnley fans there, but it, by my guess, it was at least four, if not four and a half, maybe even 5,000. Absolutely terrific support and a really nice touch as well to have. Um, chance of there's only one Sam Volks and Jay Rodriguez is one of our own after the two strikers suffered the same injury, actually, both done their ACL in their knee. Uh, James, I know you, you didn't make it to Barnsley, did you? But the fact that we managed to grind it out against the team that was scrapping at the bottom, it's got to be seriously impressive, isn't it? It's just a shame that 
with results going our way that we couldn't then seal it on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, from what I heard of the game, it was uh, it was pretty pretty scrappy to be honest, and we didn't really create a lot of chances, and neither did they. Um, <clears throat> Saturday, I think, was obviously the biggest disappointment. You know, after you've gone to somewhere like uh, Orkwell that has been a bit of a bog ground in recent years, you know, very very few victories there. I think it was one in eighty-two years or something like that. Um, to then not be able to close it out at home is disappointing. Um, obviously it wouldn't have been promotion yet because Huddersfield uh, had a distinct lack of discipline and technical ability in the case of their goalkeeper <coughs> that would have prevented uh, them getting the point that we needed them to get but I think the the Borough game was you know, particularly disappointing just because of how dominant we were all game and really if you create that many chances you don't expect to, to go down to sort of one soft goal that's Against the run of play, really. Absolutely. Just to go back to the the Barnsley game, I know you do the the previous encounters columns on the site. As you said, our record at Barnsley was absolutely terrible, but there's a few grounds we've won at this season where we hadn't for a long time. I mean, our record at Leeds is pretty poor. We won there. We'd never won at the Reebok. We'd won at Ipswich for the first time in a long time. What do you think it is about this team that, that breaks these records? I, don't, I, th- I think any team has the capability to sort of, you know, break those records because at the end of the day, they're not based on, you know, who's been playing or, you know, the quality of the sides. That's based on what's gone before. And you could go into it with a, you know, far superior side, which I think we have been this season. Um, and on paper, you should be the team to win. But sometimes you get it that for some reason it's in the players' heads that these places are tough places for this team to go. Um, but I think Sean Dyche doesn't believe in any of that. You know, to him, it's all stuff that's gone before. It's not relevant anymore. And I think he has the team always just looking forwards. I always think it's a bit strange. I mean, I think like Rovers is obviously a different thing because that's the, the whole thirty-four years thing and all that. But you think like most of the Burnley players going to places like Ipswich and Bolton, they're not thinking, "Oh, we haven't won here in X amount of years." It's it's not baggage for them, it's baggage for the club, so they're not really carrying that around. And certainly you could feel that last Tuesday at Barnsley. Barnsley were extremely poor, it's got to be said. They were probably as bad a team as I've seen all season, but I thought we, we controlled that game from pretty much the first whistle, got the early goal, and then it was just a case of checking in on the other teams and Blackman did us a favour and Derby couldn't get their job done either. But yeah, Saturday, of course, much more of a disappointment um, but I suppose it was just one of those, wasn't it? I mean, if we played that game and it had gone the same way and we created all those chances, nine times out of ten we'd win the match, wouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was one of those days where you just you don't really get the rub of the green. You know, there's several things there that, you know, on another day maybe go your way. Uh, you know, there's ones that where it's careened off like uh, Danny Ings or Shin or it's gone wide another day. You know, he maybe realises it's coming and he buries it or, it, you know, it gets a better bounce off his shin and goes in. Uh, you know, some of the penalty appeals. On another day, maybe you get those and that's that's what you need. And obviously on another day, Arfield probably gets something on that ball that's going through or maybe he pulls his man down and they don't score. Um, but it's one of those ones where you look at the performance and you think, if we play like that next week, there's no way you get two games in a row where you're that dominant and uh, you can't get a result. 
It, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because it's not like Leicester where we just weren't really at, at the races. We played really well, I felt, at the weekend and just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. It was just one of those days. And another day, we'd have won that 5 6 nil probably. But, yeah, just just didn't quite work out for us. Kevin, I think we lost you briefly there because of technical issues, always blighting the non-Ever podcast. I apologise for that. Why, why do you think it, it went slightly wrong at the weekend? Was it just a case of bad luck? Uh, I, I think it's a mixture of bad luck and, oddly for Sean Dyche, seems very, very slightly ill-disciplined. Um, I think I, mean, I, I sit at the quite near the front of the Jimmy McLaw, Um and it's quite visible on certainly Danny Ings' face, certainly midway through the second half, he was getting very, very frustrated. Um, and we see that in quite a lot, that kind of that, that passion from him quite a lot. But it was, it was quite something different in this game, but it was actually frustration. You could see that it was really getting to him, um, not just the, the, the penalty decision, which he was very frustrated at, but also just missing, missing lots of chances. Um, was really visibly in his face. And I think he started to snatch at things a little bit more, a little bit more than usually does. He's... Daniels is often at his best when he's actually got that. He's, he's quite opposite to Sam Vox. Sam Vox is very good when he goes straight in, doesn't have to think about it, he just strikes it. Whereas I think Daniels is a bit more, he's very much better when he gets the ball at his feet, has one or two seconds to think and then does some magic with it. Whereas on Saturday, he was snatching it a little bit more. I think he was going a little bit quicker than he would usually. Um, maybe shooting before he's had that chance to look up or maybe looking up for only half a second when he's had a bit more time. And I think that was kind of a problem with Hill on Saturday. I think Trippier and a few other players had a had a similar kind of similar similar feeling to it. I don't I don't know if that's kind of a combination of a few chances early on not going our way and building up and building up. But um, certainly, I, I wouldn't expect this Burnley team to miss that many chances on on on, on any other day. But I, I do think it was it's, it's Obviously, it's, it's very fine margins, and when you've got that little bit of distraction in the back of your mind, then maybe that did affect us a little bit. But on the other hand, we were drastically unlucky sometimes. I've mean, lost count of the times it went just inches wide of the post, so I think it's a mixture of the two. <laughs> I hope you can all hear Kevin clearly, though. It sounded. We've had some great suggestions for for what Kev's up to though. So, um, Matt says thinks he's driving a train. <laughs> Ryan says is that dog still up there? He did sound like he was in space a little bit. <laughs> we'll try and get Kevin a bit clearer. Technical problems as always. Blighting on and have a podcast. But he made an excellent point on Ingle. He did look a bit frustrated. And I wonder how much of that is just down to that with Sam Volks out injured. A lot of the onus on going out and getting the goal that's going to count is going to come on Danny Ings' shoulders. Uh, and he, I remember as well, he wasn't in particularly great form before he got that injury. He'd scored the winner at Ewood, of course, but that had been his only goal for a little while. So he's just feeling his way back at the minute, Danny Ings. So I think we've got to be a bit patient with him. But of course, we've only got those four games left, so I can't really be that patient. I thought he probably could have had two or three at the weekend, but they just didn't quite fall for him. Um, and Danny Ings, James, probably had... The, Best penalty shout of the three, do you think? I only saw one on the Highlands. At the game, I wasn't sure any of them were, but the one on Ings from the corner was as nailed on as possible, doesn't it? I actually think that's the weakest of the shouts, to be honest. Really? Yeah, to me, he's got he's got the defender's shirt and 
as he goes down, you see his hands on the defender's sort of right shoulder. There's a good fistful of shirt, and uh, he lets go just as he's sort of going to ground. Um, I actually thought the bigger shout was for the when we got a corner late on, and the defender looks to handle it out of play, um, which is a bit bit shady. Um, but no, I thought. He seemed to have as much shirt of the defender as the defender was out muscling him. So I think it was a bit of a 50-50. You've seen them given, though. But um, I think he definitely was in the wrong as well. The the one from the corner, the point that Sean Dyche was making after the game, I think, was that the referee had stopped set pieces a few times to talk to the defenders and the attackers about uh, the bits of wrestling and shirt pulling and things that were going on. And then when... Danny Ings obviously felt that his shirt was being pulled quite strongly. And then he got nothing for it. So, yeah, yeah, it was a slightly strange one. But then, yeah, maybe if it had been the other way, we'd have been furious. Ian's yeah, joined yeah. us now. Ian, what was your take on those penalty shouts? Do you think any of them were were deserved? Hi there. Yeah, I think um, I think the Ings one, I mean, I, I was quite a way away from it. I was kind of up... Uh, up towards the other end of the, the James Hargreaves up here, so it was difficult. But having seen the highlights uh, on the telly, I think there's a definite pull on Ingshay. He really had a handful of it. And um, I don't know, you know, you see these week in, week out. Uh, I'm sure if it had been, you know, if it had been the other way around, we'd probably be furious that, that you know, this, this is happening at every corner. Um, you know, so the other Liverpool game yesterday where, you know, you got people literally manhandling people to the ground and they're not given to, you know, that, that for me was the, the clearest one that could have been, but, um, yeah, I, I'd have been, let's say pleasantly surprised if we had got it. I certainly didn't think any of them just in, I was right at the back of the long side, by the way, so 200 yards away from the ones in front of the, the Jimmy backstand. So I didn't have the greatest view, but. There was none of them that I was screaming for a penalty, but there were a lot of people around me. Um, you've joined us a little bit late. What was your, what? How do you think we did at the weekend? Do you think it's just bad luck or the goalkeeping performance? I don't do you know. Think there's I mean, anything there's, more we could have done? There was a lot of talk about the goalkeeping performance, but um, you know, I mean, to the, watching the highlights back on the telly, um, you know, there were probably a couple of saves that he made. Um, there were there were decent saves, but you know, a lot of it for me was just down to. I, I genuinely think it was down to Ings being a bit rusty, and I think you know, each each minute he plays now, he's just going to get back to his old sharpness. Uh, and I think you know, probably, hopefully, it's Blackpool where he gets back to, to top form again. Um, you know, I, I think Barnes has done a nice job for us. Um, he, he's not Vox, he's not Ings when they're, when they're playing at their best. Um, so, you know, I think it's just a combination of, of that plus, you know, just a bit of bad luck. I mean, it's nothing but bad luck, really. You know, early on in the season, some of those that were being pinged straight across the face of goal would have gone in off somebody or they'd have, you know, just sneaked in at the back post. I think it's just one of those things. Uh you know, I'm not too worried about it. I think um, we'll we'll give somebody a hammering. I'm hoping it's Blackpool. In a way, I'm hoping it's Wigan because I'm coming up for that game, not being able to get a ticket for the Blackpool game. So, um, fingers crossed, that's where the luck changes. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of Burnley fans probably thinking the same, just kind of hoping it's not Friday, especially now that with results going as they were, the only way we can go up on Friday now is if we win and Derby don't and they're playing after us. So it would be 
something like 10 o'clock on Friday night when promotion would be sealed, which would be a slightly strange time to do it, but I'm sure it would be a cracking Friday night for all Burnley fans. I personally would rather that it's Easter Monday now when I can actually see the game because, like you, I haven't got a ticket for Blackpool either. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same boat. Uh, glad you mentioned Ashley Barnes there. I was at Barnsley on Tuesday and I thought it was absolutely outstanding. It was my man of the match at Barnsley. Got the goal, led the line superbly won a lot of the ball in the air, won a hell of a lot of free kicks that relieved any pressure that was coming up the other end. But then on Saturday, I thought it was as bad as he was good. I thought there were a few times when he made really poor decisions and he was going to ground too easy for me. There was certainly one in injury time where he jumped into the defender looking for a penalty and it's never, ever a penalty. He's basically just tried to win the penalty. Um you know, I, I, saw, I saw your kind of your frustration about that on Twitter, Jamie, and I get that. Um, I, I can also understand his frustration. You know, it's kind of the way it's been going all the way through that game. You know, things have been you know pinging just past the post all, all match. They lose it, so I can understand a, a bit of frustration on his side, and you know, try and get something out of the game by nefarious means, for want of a better way of putting it. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, at Watford, I thought he played very well. I thought he led the line well and uh, did a good job for us. But I, I didn't think he was up to too much uh, the other day. I must admit, he didn't look... He, he looked very ordinary, I have to say. It is difficult for Barnes, isn't it? Because he's filling in for for, for Sam Volks, who is arguably the player of the season. I'm sure we'll do lots on the player of the season later. Um, Kevin, what was your take on Barnes? I know you've got to get going shortly, so we'll come to you next. Um... Well, Saturday was the first time I've seen him in the flesh properly. Um, and despite how good we were going forward, I was I didn't really notice too much of him. Um, it was certainly the, the other attacking players who were kind of making all the all the big moves as far as I could see. Um, and I don't know, what, I don't quite know what that is because I know the last certainly Watford and Barnsley, he's got he's got quite good reviews from fans. Um, who were at those games, but I didn't see anything uh, on Saturday which was particularly, particularly special, particularly exciting. Um, although going back from that, his, his goal against Barnsley, I thought was I thought was excellent. He came he came came from the backside of a defender um, and got such a powerful heading in the back and a really really tough angle as well. So I thought his goal against Barnsley was excellent. Um, but against on Saturday against Bure, I. I, I thought it was quite anonymous. I thought it was... It seems strange to say when we had 20 efforts on goal, but I think a lot of our attacking players were off their game at the weekend. Barnes and Ings didn't really seem at it for me. I thought both wingers were below their best, especially, obviously, Arfield's made a, a fairly bad mistake for the goal where he's not controlled it and then he's let the man run instead of bringing him down. we did well on... Sorry. Yeah, I think what we did well on Saturday was getting the ball out of defence, getting it through midfield and getting it up into the final third. But as soon as we got it into the final third, that's where it started to fall apart. The last pass was never quite right, was it? No. I agree. I think um, I think there are a couple of couple of games there where we'd we'd lost. We seemed to lose that ability to transition the ball really quickly, and I know it's a big dash, thing, but getting it from defence midfield and up to, up front very very quickly. 
um, you know, through phases rather than the kind of long ball necessarily. But a couple of games I was really worried because he just seemed to have lost that ability. We seemed to knock it around a bit or you know, got stuck in midfield or something. But I, I thought we got that piece back to, to your point there really well. I think we were shifting the ball really, really quickly. The tempo was good. Um, so that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm not that worried by the defeat, uh, by the uh, um, the way it ended up, by the defeat. Uh, because I think, you know, the stuff's right there. I think, you know, we're, we're back playing like, like we can do. And, you know, the other stuff will come. The, the goals will come, I think. Dean Barney was a big miss, wasn't he? And obviously he was back at Barnsley. I thought he was a little bit quiet at Barnsley, but I thought he was back to almost his best at the weekend. Like you say, moving the ball quickly. Yeah. Him and Jones are so well tailored for each other. And with Trippier back as well and Ings back, you think there's, there's really only folks missing now. So if we can't get the results we need, now we've got everyone back. Hopefully, hopefully the players that we've got coming back will make the, will make the difference. I mean, so I can't get my words out this evening. It's not particularly useful. I thought Trippier was excellent as well at the weekend. I've seen some things online, so you know, I didn't really think he was that great, but I think you always get the same from Trippier. He's going to keep going to the end. He always, he's always the out ball, and although his final pass wasn't always perfect, he got in so many good positions. I always think it's. I'm never sure whether it's put the ball in the right area or pick a man out. There were a few crosses, weren't there, James, where Trippy's got down the right and then the ball's just flashed across goal and you wonder why no one's putting it in. Which way around do you think that is? Do you think it's the cross or do you think it's the attacker putting it in right? I think it comes more down to the attacker. I mean, uh, when you're playing in that position that Trippy is and you're getting forward like that, you're looking more to put the ball in. You're not always necessarily looking for a specific player. You're trying to put the ball into the right places and those are the sort of places where the strikers should be getting themselves. I mean, I think with the case of Danny Ings, that maybe it is a little bit of rust. You know, he's he was out of form before he got injured. He's then been injured. Maybe he's just not finding those spaces the same as he was. We should point out as well, like, Borough did play pretty well. Obviously, we, we still created a lot, but they defended, like, demons all game. They caused us a few problems on the break as well, um, especially considering how many, how many problems they've got defensively, I think. Yala was starting his first game for 10 weeks, ended up getting sent off in injuries. I mean, obviously, fancy the rest next week. But they had um, three or four others who normally play were, were injured, and they ended up playing. Adorma was playing sort of as, as a roving wing back when he's really a, a, an attacking winger. So they had a bit square square pegs in round holes, as Stan Turning used to say, but they managed to do a job wasn't on us in the end. That's four wins in a row for Borough, so we should give them a bit of praise as well. I thought Shalabar was absolutely outstanding as well. He played at the back, I think, and then moved into midfield a bit later in the game. Uh, I thought it'd certainly be one interesting for next season, maybe, if we do get promoted on one from Chelsea Shalabar. He's had a few old spells in the Championship, so it'll be interesting to see where he is next season. Um, Ian, what did you make of the Borough? I, I thought they looked a decent side. Um, like I say, I uh, you know, kind of gone up there with with quite high hopes in a way because you heard all these uh, discussions about the defence being ravaged and so on. But then you got Woodgate and Ayala. I mean, for all that Woodgate's, you know, uh, picks up a lot of injuries and so on. He's still a top class player. When you could see that in phases, you know, he just managed to get bits in front of the ball and managed to block runs and so on. So you know, I thought he looked he looked really decent actually on Saturday. So you know, he got a lot of experience there at the centre of defence. Um, I thought they looked bright and quick when they did go forward. 
So yeah, I, I thought they put in a performance that kind of belied their position at least. I know they've, they've been on a decent run, and certainly, you know, as I say, all the rumours around the, the team having to be completely rejigged and with injuries and suspensions and so on. So they looked looked very decent. They've been hard to beat Borough recently. That was four four wins in a row, and they've been tough to break down as well. I think. Constantopoulos, I've been trying to avoid saying his name all, all evening, but the goalkeeper Constantopoulos, he's kept quite a few clean sheets. Obviously, kept one against us at the weekend. Um, he made a bad mistake. I can't remember who it was against, but he cost it. I think, was it QPR when the ball sort of bobbled and made him look a bit silly? I'm not sure how much of that was down to him, but it looked like a goalkeeping error. Um, but I thought he was absolutely excellent at the, week, at the weekend against us. Certainly, man of the match for me. Read quite a lot online saying that a few of the saves were for the cameras, but I think you've got to give credit to the goalkeeper when the opposition has twenty odd shots and none of them go in. I think you have to give the keeper some credit for that. And I thought the two from the free kicks, James, were were top draw, and the one from Wallace near the end as well, where it was swerving. So that was probably the best of the lot. Yeah, I think it was a good goalkeeping performance. I think it was a good defensive performance all around. But you know, they do have some people in there that are. Decent defenders. Jonathan Woodgate, when he's fit, I think you'd. When he's fit, yeah, Jonathan Woodgate. Yeah, you, you wouldn't mind in your defence, though. He did seem to spend most of the games carrying uh, Ashley Barnes around rather than particularly marking him. Um, but I think all around, they were just really, really tough to break down. And, uh, you know, that, that showed in the end when we, even when we had chances on target, which a lot of our shots weren't, the keeper was, you know, equal to them. Just looking ahead to, to Saturday, we will come back to Borough before the end of the show and we'll go through some of the comments that we've had in as well. If you are listening, by the way, please do join in with your comments. Um, our Mixler platform is up and running as usual. And if you're listening and you're on Twitter, you can use the hashtag NNMPod and we'll get them read out as well. Uh, the Blackpool manager, Barry Ferguson, has said he's going to carry on playing. He met a playing return at the weekend when Blackpool lost at Leeds, but Ferguson has decided that the only way he can keep Blackpool up is by doing it all himself. So we might see Barry Ferguson in the Blackpool midfield um, on Good Friday. That's a 5.15 kick-off, I think, because it's it's on telly. But, of course, we'll have NNN Live if you can't make it to, to the seaside for what promises to be a, a, an occasion. Let's put it that way. I'm sure it's going to be a big one. Um, James, looking ahead to Friday then. Obviously, we played before Derby. Do you think that maybe suits us, that we don't have Derby maybe putting a little bit of pressure on us? I mean, you've been saying for weeks that we're already up. Yeah, I don't think it makes a difference. I don't think it makes a difference. <laughs> um, on this stage, I've seen all sorts of people sort of talking about how, you know, be lucky to win once more again this season, but I think that's, that's all rubbish. You know, people weren't talking like that after Barnes. I mean, I think, you know the way we played on Saturday. Yeah, we didn't we didn't win. We lost, but the way we played, if you if you put like that on Friday, we could have an absolute rout on our hands at the seaside. We could absolutely demolish them. You know that's a team that's been poor for a long time now, um, and if we play like that, and you know you get a few more of those bounces, a couple of lucky breaks, you could be talking six seven, um, and. You know, Derby, I don't think we really need to be concerned about them. They got a little bit fortunate on Saturday. Huddersfield, they got very lucky, didn't they? I just yeah, saw the highlights before we came on the podcast and Huddersfield basically gave them the win. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they chucked the ball in for the second. I don't know what the keeper was doing there, but it was horrific. 
And then obviously they get two men sent off, and I think from that position it was always going to be hard for Derby to not win. Um, but you know, I think all the pressure is going to be on Derby on Friday if we win. They've got to they've got to get a big result at Doncaster, and uh, that's not going to be an easy place for them to go. You know, despite where Doncaster might be in the league, they're going to be a side that could could cause problems for Derby. And then obviously there's always the fact it's hanging over Derby that. We only need two wins and it's it's done. You know they've got to keep up with us and they need us to slip up. It can't be the other way around. They need us to slip up. And uh, absolutely, I think that that could cause cause them to crack earlier. Uh, whereas I think you know we're in a position of strength and I think we'll be in every game confident. I'm sure everyone has already memorised the top six of the table. But if anyone does need a reminder, uh, the gap is currently eight points. As James says. Two wins will do it, five points actually, so a win and two draws would be enough. Um, just to issue one slightly cautious note, with four games to go, if you look at the last four games, we've only won one of those and got a draw, so that's four points from four, which wouldn't be enough to but, steal it, and Derby have won three of their last four. But if you look at the last eight, we've got one point from five points. Well, listen, uh, you, no. you can look at them however you no. want, but since we've got yeah. four games to go, I thought looking at the last four might be pertinent. Well, if you look at the, the length of the season, four's a very, very small sample size. So it is. It is. Look, at, look at the last eight, <laughs> 1.75 points per game. Over the next four, that says seven points. That's you know two wins, a, a draw and a, de- and a defeat. And that'll be more than enough for us. And... Uh, you know, we've averaged nearly two points per game, I think, isn't it, all season? I can't actually remember what we're on now. Um, it's 83 from 42, so near his damn it, two points a game, yeah. yeah there is a theory in sports that, uh, you know, sides and, and individuals do drift back to their long-term average. So, you know, our season average is two points per game, and we've gone through a little bit of a, a bad patch, but you'd expect that to, to drift back towards our season average. And... Uh, you know, if you get near two points per game, then it's going to be very comfortable come the end of the season. I suppose the thing is, Derby and QPR, I haven't even mentioned QPR really, but both teams do need to win all their games to have any chance at all. So, firstly, you've got to say that's unlikely that either of them will win four in a row. I think Derby won the last two, so that would mean they ended with six in a row. And then, unlikely that we won't win at least one of the last four games, especially when Blackpool away. Ian, obviously it's a, a local derby and Blackpool still need points to stay up, but we couldn't really ask for a, a kind of fixture at this stage, could we, than Blackpool away? No, I don't think so. No, they, they've, they've done nothing, have they, recently? Um, they look like a team that's you know completely in free fall, no confidence. Um, manager coming back and telling them they're all not good enough and play, I'm sure, Merritt's done. Um, you know, so... Poor preliminary record. On the whole, everything counts against them. They're in a, yeah, a, a raucous following, to say the least, from uh, from the Burnley fans. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. I think it'll be a, uh, a comfortable win for us. I don't think I have I've any qualms about that at all. Just looking at Blackpool's form, they went a long, long time without a win before March. Then won two, two home games in a row, 1-0. And then since then, it's five without a win with only one point from those five games. So Blackpool had that sort of mini resurgence when they beat Millwall and Huddersfield 1-0 at home. But since then, it's been back to normal stuff, really. And they haven't looked like getting results at all. 
So, as you pointed out, James, if we win and Derby don't, it can still happen on Friday. Do you think Friday will be the day then, or is it going to be a little bit later? I think it does depend massively on uh, on what happens, you know, with Derby, how they go into the game at Doncaster. Um, I think personally they'll win, and to be honest, I think I prefer they'd win because I think you'd rather see a promotion in a situation where the fans at a game know it's happened. Because um, obviously Friday is going to be a case of you know we're going to do our best to do the business at Blackpool, and then we'll be uh, we'll be waiting on other results, and that's not really the way you want it to happen. You don't want it to happen where everyone's sort of sat watching a different game. You want it to happen in a game where Burnley are playing. I absolutely agree with that. I was talking to my brother in the in the pub yesterday and saying, obviously we'll have to go go out and watch Blackpool. Although I do recommend that you stay at home and do none and ever life. Don't go to the pub. That's a terrible idea. But we were saying, um, obviously you watch the the Burnley game and then assuming we win, everyone will be hanging on and watching the Derby game as well. I think we're talking about doing an extended NNN live that would cover the Derby game as well. Um, just to make sure that we are covering uh, promotion if and when it is confirmed, if it is this weekend. But, yeah, personally, I'd rather that it's Monday against Wigan at the turf when, as you say, if we know that we need... If we know at that stage that a win absolutely seals it, then it'd be so much better to do it in front of our own fans. Um, Just do a couple... We've still got plenty of time left on stage, show, but while I was talking about Blackpool, we'll just do get the predictions for Blackpool out of the way. Are you confident it's going to be a win at Blackpool then, James? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you know Blackpool will, will do the business. They're a side that I think they've won two of the last ten and they've lost seven of them. So there are a team that are sort of there for the taking. And I think there's still a very, very real chance that they'll go down, particularly with the position that, that Charlton are in with a couple of games in hand on them. And obviously, um, Millwall are a team that Look more likely, in my opinion, to get a result a lot against a lot of teams than uh, Blackpool are. So I think uh, I think it'd be comfortable. I think it'd be two now. Blackpool are in serious danger of going down. Like you say, they've only got a two point gap to Millwall, and well, you'd expect us to beat them. What about you, Ian? What's your prediction for the weekend? Yeah, James. I thought James was going to go big. I thought he was going to go for a four or five. So. I was looking at a. <laughs> he uh, normally does go uh, big, and it, it hasn't yeah, exactly, worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm afraid I'm going to go for a two 0 as well. Actually, um, I, I think it'll be uh, just a comfortable win, get a uh, couple of hopefully early goals, and then just just cruise our way to the end of the game. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. I think at this stage, most Burnley fans would take a one 0 win with the the goal going in off the defender's backside in injury time. At this stage, we could do with a, oh, a yeah. Christine Calvinus moment. You remember the the promotion season last time when I think was it Blackpool went on New Year's Day, and Calvinus scored what might have even been his only goal for the club. And it's <laughs> times like this where you just wonder if someone unlikely is going to come up with the goods. Um, ben Mee got rare reviews at, at the weekend. I didn't think it was particularly great, but he won the Sponsors Man of the Match Award. Uh, probably in the, the form of his career, Ben Mee. I was just wondering what, what the pair of you thought has been the difference for Ben Mee recently, because until probably Christmas, I still thought he was still looking a bit like a centre-back, playing left-back rather than actually being a full-back. But he's, he does now look like he's he's learning the full-back role all the time, and 
it makes you wonder if if that's a position that we'd need to upgrade on in the summer or if Ben Mee's going to be good enough. What, what's your take on Ben Mee in this season, James? I think Mee's me been good. You know, I uh, I really like really like what he brings to the side. He's, he's very good defensively and he can contribute going forwards as well. Um, and I think it sets the balance really nicely between obviously having Trippier who attacks a lot and having someone who's a little bit more defensive minded on the other side because... Um, you know, when we had a side that had both Tyrell Mears and Danny Fox, and you did feel like we were pretty susceptible uh, down the wings on the break, just because of how much those two would be pushing on. That's a very good point, and uh, but I think Ben Mees attacking is coming on, isn't he? And he, he's much more comfortable on the ball than he used to be, and when he gets forward, it tends to but, count. Yeah, that, that was going to be my point, really. I think the, the big different than him so far in this season has been the way he's kind of um, just looked more comfortable going forwards. He seems to understand when to overlap, understands when to when to pass the ball and you know, that again that quick transition through midfield. Um and um he's also, you know, he's good in the air. I think that's a, a big benefit of having him. One thing I did notice is he doesn't seem to be quite as he went through a stage where he was um, getting a few goals from corners or getting good headers in at corners, attacking corners, and doesn't seem to be doing that at the moment. Um, but uh, he, you know, he's is definitely more comfortable in possession than he was uh, last season. And I think that's where we're really seeing the difference from I mean, him. Maybe I, I would say maybe if we, will be the hero. You never know. I, I have a, I have a little sneaky for Scott Arfield actually. Um, I think he owes his one. <laughs> uh, and when he's when his orders won when his orders won in the past, he's tend to have come back and, and you know, got a goal or absolutely uh, or it sets something up. So I have a little sneaky for him. I think that's where my little betting might be going on Friday. Uh, first goal scorer. That's a very good point on Arfield, actually, because he, he made that mistake at the turf when we played Rovers when it looked like we were going to win the game and then he's back past letting, sort of letting Rhodes and obviously it was still a huge last look for them to go in, but after that he responded extremely well and since then that, that was a real turning point for Scott Arfield, I think. So hopefully, obviously Saturday's mistake, not really in the same league as the Rovers one, just letting the ball bounce and then not... <laughs> we keep We keep calling not fouling the man a mistake, which is a, a strange <laughs> set of affairs. But I think we're all agreed that he should have taken the booking by dropping him. <laughs> Lots of comments to go through, actually. Let's go through some of the comments that listeners have been getting involved with. It's been a busy one on the old comments tonight. Matt says, win on Friday and I think we're up. It will be a massive hammer blow mentally for Derby to take to the field 11 points behind. I think that's an excellent point. We can, as James mentioned earlier, we really put the pressure on if um, we do get that result at Blackpool, as we're all hoping and expecting. And Ryan, bless him, ever the optimist, he says that we can still win the league if Leicester lose tonight. <laughs> Leicester playing at Reading, which is quite a tough game, actually. Reading chasing down that last playoff spot. And Leicester were beaten heavily at home to Brighton uh, in midweek last week. So maybe they're already mentally on the beach. Or they're going to be trying to steal the title. It's probably their title already, so... Yeah, maybe the pitch at Blackpool could have an impact as well. The pitch at Blackpool's been pretty dodgy for the last couple of years. So that'll be interesting to see if that has any impacts at all. Ryan's been on as well um, on a 
about Scarfield, who we were just mentioning, said he's had a lot of ups and downs this season. It'd be great to see him still promotion for us. And Richard points out Shackle went mental at Arfield for the goal. He absolutely did. He nearly bowled him out, which I thought. <laughs> I always think that's strange, really, when you see players shouting at players making a mistake. Like they already know they've made a mistake. Shouting at them isn't going to make them not make the mistakes already happened. <laughs> And there's something else I was looking for. I think it's Jack says he absolutely takes responsibility for Friday because he hasn't seen us win away. He says, we've lost every away game I've been to, so I'll take all responsibility if we lose. So if you do need a ticket for Friday, try and buy Jack's off him because we don't want Jack to be at the game on Friday. Just one last thing then I wanted to, to bring up before we do close the show for the day. Uh, going back to, to Ashley Barnes, actually. Um, one of the comments I made after Tuesday night at Barnsley was that I didn't really think we'd miss Sam Volks, which was a compliment to Ashley Barnes and how well he played. Um, I just wonder if, if Saturday was a sign that we did miss Sam Volks a bit more, the fact that we didn't really make the ball stick as well and all those chances went begging. Um, obviously, it's difficult because... Volks isn't going to play again this season, certainly maybe not even for the rest of the year. But how do you think Barnes is, is doing so far, James? Do you think he, it's, he's not the same sort of player as Volks, is he? So are we still learning to play with Barnes rather than Volks, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I like, I like Barnes. I think he brings a lot to the side, but there are bits that, that miss from him that, that Volks brings. I mean, they do have a similar sort of style in that, you know, they are quite good hold up players and. They do like to, you know, take the ball down and hold it up. But um, I think for me, the biggest problem with Barnes is how he likes to try and buy cheap free kicks. So he'll back into people a lot, trying to, you know, make it like he's having his shirt pulled or, you know, whatever. And sometimes it works really well. Watford, he, he won a lot of free kicks for a lot of nothing. Um, but at the weekend, you know, he was practically being carried around at points by Woodgate and he, he wasn't getting free kicks. So at that time, you think, just stop trying to buy cheap free kicks and sort of be a bit stronger, play a little bit, a little bit more like you're trying to hold on to the ball rather than, than win a free kick. And I think that's the biggest difference between the two. You know, Volks will stay up on his feet all day and he, he'll hold that ball up and he'll wait for support and you'll know, do a lot, do a lot of hard work to keep it very tough. But um, that, I think that's a big difference and you, he's going to take a little bit of getting used to watching someone play that different style it's a good point about Volks and that was perhaps why the, neither of the wingers really got into the game on Saturday because they used to Sam Volks the ball goes up from the back Volks wins it every time and they know that if they're getting support Volks is going to find them whereas at the minute Barnes maybe wins half of the balls that go up there or wins a free kick but the wingers aren't really getting on the end of the flick so they're not getting brought into the play so maybe that's why they were slightly less involved um, just finally then, Ian, would there be any changes you meant to the team for the weekend or would it be the same again? Out wide, I suppose, both wingers came off, so maybe they're the likeliest to drop out, but Arfield starts every week, doesn't he? So it'd be maybe Kitely? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, um, I I like Wallace as a player. Um, I think he's probably still considered to be a, more of an impact sub. Than a, than a starter, and I think Catley does fit very well with um, with Daish's model of you know putting a lot of yards in, getting back, supporting your full back, etc., etc. You know, I've kind of 
come to come to like Catley a little more over the last few weeks. I think he's put some really good shifts in in some of these games. So I'd be tempted to to stick with the two that we have. Um, so tried and tested for him there, uh, and I think have you know Wallace and Stanislas available to come on and change things around a little bit if we need them. I think both the wingers that came on did make a, a positive impact, didn't they? I mean, Stanislas and Wallace both had good efforts that the goalkeeper did well to keep out. So putting them on did work to an extent. Um, we, we, I think we do this every week. Trish has just said Ross Wallace to start for me every time. Everyone's got their favourites. Wallace over Kite is a, a, a regular one, but then Wallace gets a start and he doesn't really do much and people want Kite coming back in. So it's a bit of a funny one. We had one suggestion earlier suggesting uh, bring Baird back and play Trippier further on. We've done Trippier playing on the wing to death on the podcast. It's the sort of thing that gets raised a lot. Um, what would your thoughts be for the weekend then? James, same again, or maybe make a change out wide. What would you be thinking? I'm not sure. I think he, he might bring in he might bring in Wallace for for Kiteley. Uh, I can't see him taking Arfield out. He does like what Arfield brings. You know, a lot of lot of high work rate. Um, but I think yeah, maybe Wallace for Kiteley is is a potential change. I think Kiteley's Kiteley's the the one that maybe will drop out. Uh, maybe Stanislas, maybe Wallace. Who knows? Um, that is about all we've got time for now. Thanks to everyone who's listened. Thanks to Ian, Kevin and James for joining me this evening. Um, next weekend, we're not really sure what we're going to do about the podcast because the podcast is normally on a Monday night and we're playing on Easter Monday. So we might do one before Monday or it might be after Monday, but probably won't be on Monday. <laughs> we haven't actually decided what we're doing yet. So we will keep you posted about the next podcast, but none and ever live will be on Good Friday. Kick off quarter past five against Blackpool, so we'll be live before five, bringing you all the action, and we'll also have the Derby game after that, assuming we do get a result that means we can go up. Remember, a Burnley win means Derby must win to keep themselves in the hunt, and a Burnley win would also mean QPR on card catches either. So stay tuned for details of next week's podcast and we'll let you know when that's going to be on keep your eye on the site all week plenty of stuff going on there looking ahead to the weekend big games two games this weekend big ones we said it last week maybe the next podcast will be a Premier League podcast let's hope the next one is a Premier League podcast thanks for listening good night you've been listening to the No Nay Never podcast for more visit net, and don't forget follow us on Twitter at no name ever net. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.